you, you go ahead. Well, the first time around, uh, we were young. First of all, we didn't know what we were doing in business. Uh, we, we were in Colorado at the time and I was working in the corporate world. He was coaching and we decided just to start this business. So we literally quit our jobs, moved to Kansas city because that was the market that was available for this particular business. Uh, and then we found out we were pregnant. It was all like in like three weeks. It was nuts and it was hot summer and I was not feeling well. And we just basically started from scratch this business. We had a kind of a plan to follow, but not really. I mean, we basically started everything from on, scratch. On, on 2,500 bucks. Yeah, we had no money. Join us in Mixing Business with Pleasure, a podcast about loving your work and working with your love. Your hosts, Mike and Gabby, are entrepreneurs who have found their passion in both their personal and professional relationship. The pair who swore never to work with each other are now working happily together side by side in love, life, and business. Tune in each week as we feature co-founders who are also lovers and are proving that business and pleasure really do mix well together. We love talking to couplepreneurs who have built successful businesses. And one of the keys to a successful business is effective marketing. Luckily, Gabby and I run a B2B digital marketing agency called Proofpoint Marketing. Our team specializes in driving profitable revenue for technology and manufacturing companies by diving deep into customer insights. We really strive to understand the customer. We build out the ideal customer profile and personas. And using that, we create highly targeted demand generation and performance marketing campaigns. We are offering a free consultation for our listeners. This isn't just a sales call, and it isn't us simply giving you a canned automated audit report. We are going to do our due diligence prior to the call. The plan is to talk about real marketing issues your organization is facing and discuss potential solutions. Head on over to proofpoint.marketing and get in touch. We look forward to hearing from you. All right, so we have with us today, Kimberly and Ryan Christopher. By the way, I should ask, is it Kimberly or Kim? What do you prefer? Both, either way is fine. All right. We'll go with Kim, since that's what it All says right. on, on the Zoom thing. So we have Kim and Ryan Christopher, hailing from the barbecue capital of the world, Kansas City. I'm sure we're going to have some listeners that might argue capital. that. <laughs> yeah. It's coined. Texas, I, I coined I, that term. I mean. Interesting. I did a search for barbecue capital of the world on Google, and guess what popped up? Kansas City. Oh. Hey, there so, you go. You know, I didn't know that until, until before either. So you guys are from Kansas City. Um, and I think we're going to have a very interesting and inspiring story today. So, uh, Kim and Ryan are both accomplished athletes. Uh, Kim was at the NCAA women's basketball tournament in her senior year at Creighton. Uh, Ryan, uh, I know you were a standout high school football and basketball player. Um, and you also coached as well in uh, D2 for basketball. Proud parents of two teenagers. You guys raised chickens. Uh, two dogs. Two dogs. You're currently <laughs> on your second go around as married entrepreneurs. So that'll be some interesting stories there. Um, we were married the first time too. <laughs> yeah. and, That's the miraculous part. Right now you guys run a tangible branding company called Anything and Anything. And pretty much that's exactly what it is, right? You can print anything on just about anything. And we'll talk about your walnut later. Okay. Um, so welcome to Mixing Business with Pleasure. Thank you, Mike, for that intro. Um, let's dive right in. I'd love to, we start every episode with um, 
kind of the same questions just because they're fun and we like them. Um, what is your, each of your favorite four letter word? And we say four letter because work and love are both four letter words. And that's what we do every day. We work and we love and we love what we do. So um, what is your favorite four letter words? I'm gonna let you start first. <laughs> well, my first word that came to mind was five letters. So I already failed. Well, that's okay. That's okay. We've Same. been, we've this been. This happens pretty often. This happens yeah. often. Yeah. So four <laughs> or five letter. Depends on who I'm talking to. Maybe. Okay. But four letters when the teenagers are around <laughs> in general would be faith. Faith. Okay. Beautiful. Why, why did you choose faith? Tell us a little bit about that. Because you have to have faith in something bigger than yourself. Otherwise, what's the point? If you look at all the stuff going on around the world, if you look at stuff in marriage, in everyday life, and you don't have a hope for the future, maybe hope should be my word. Guess four letters. Then I, then <laughs> hope for something greater than what we're experiencing right now. Wonderful. All right, Ryan, tell us about your four letter, favorite four or five letter word. Yeah, well, I'm going to, I'm going to really go out on a limb and I'm going to have a three letter word and it's, oh. it's going to be eat, E-A-T, because uh, I, I love to eat. He's <laughs> not a, I mean, food, I guess, could be a four letter word because uh, I am a little bit of a foodie. And as Mike was saying, barbecue capital of the world, I love barbecue. And the thing about food that I find great is it really brings people together um, to where you can talk and have real meaningful conversations. And a lot of times, you know, when Kim and I have people over together for food, it allows us to talk about hope and faith and a lot of other things. It really kind of breaks down those walls and barriers. Um, and so that's why I guess I'm choosing food as my four letter word. I love that. And we are big foodies and we love food and we love to eat too. So, and, and my biggest struggle through the past, what has it been, four or five months of quarantine, now it's opening up, but, um, but not being able to go to restaurants. I, we love restaurants and that's a big part of our, the culture of our relationship is how we can disconnect from work or sometimes we want to dive into something. So we're like, oh, let's go out to eat because we don't have to cook. We don't have to clean. We just, you know, drop the kid off at grandma's house and go have a nice dinner and we can really dig into something. And that has been a really tough one for me is not being able to enjoy the experience of dining out. It's just not the same when you do takeout. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love takeout, but it's just not the same. What part of the world are you guys in? We live in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I was expecting um, soda. <laughs> Where? Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota. You know, we, <laughs> there it is. I, She's not a, neither one of us are neither native of us are native Minnesotans, but we can do the accent if you ask nicely. Um, I'm actually from the East Coast. I'm from Boston. So I talk, you know, I park my car and I like the Red Sox and, you know, Poppy and all that stuff, you know. Um, so you're multidimensional. Sorry? Your, your language is multidimensional. Oh, yes, yes. We're gonna, we, we have a lot of languages between us. We've got love languages. We've got hate language. We've got every language. Um, all right, next question is, what came first, love or business? It was, it was love. For sure. Yeah, it was. We were in college, though. We were. We met, we met in college. She loved me uh, faster than I probably loved her. <laughs> Uh, the story, right? I mean, admittedly, Go ahead. you fell in love with me faster. <laughs> she, she knew she was in love with me the, the moment she saw me actually, uh, which was my freshman year. 
Well, stop, stop pulling our legs, Ryan. I don't believe this story. I'm I don't tell, believe I'm it. Just, I just said I was in love with you. I just said I was, I knew I was going to marry you before we even started dating. <laughs> journal entry says. Yes. It, okay. It, all right. All right. Journal entry says. So <laughs> it, it definitely uh, was love um, that came first because we, uh, we fell in love at college and then uh, we got married shortly after we graduated from college as well. Awesome. Awesome. I really like your pork mug, by the way. Oh, oh yeah. That's really That's nice. Right. This is this is like the stuff that you guys do. So. Sure. Yeah, it, it's got right. a, it's got our proof point. Yeah. And I've got my proof point uh, water bottle. But we need to print some mixing business with pleasure swag for these calls. And I think this is a perfect segue because that's what anything on anything is all about. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about anything on anything. Go ahead. Okay. So I got to tell you, we're really nuts about what we do. Okay. And uh, really, are you laughing? I know it's crazy. And your viewers are going to get this here in a moment. But uh, really, at the end of the day, we we just love creating a different and more unique experience uh, when it comes down to customers and clients and businesses. And really what that means is you know, people get branded swag all the time. And we got a banner, we're wearing polo shirts or whatever the case. People get pens and journals and, I mean, you name it, tumblers and coffee mugs. I mean, houses are littered. Uh, upwards of um, 30 promotional items per household is that most recent data. And so when you think about that, you've got to do something a little bit different and unique that helps create a different experience with your customers. And so we like to come up, I say we, it's really Kim. She's kind of the brains behind all this stuff. Um, come up with unique, memorable, and fun ways to kind of set you apart and to create a different, um, to create a different journey uh, through the buying process. So I want to show you our business card, okay? And I, I got to tell you, like when we meet with people and actually hand them our business card, it's, it, the reactions are just, they're awesome. We love them. We, we get a kick out of it all the time. And because uh, mostly business cards do what they just they get on your desk. Yeah, they go in a pocket. They go on your desk. They go in a drawer, whatever it is. Our business cards stay on people's desks uh, for a long time. So I'm going to show it to you. It's not the same as handing it out. But here here's uh, here's our business card. You ready? It's right there. OK. And for our listeners that are listening and not watching the video, it is a walnut with their logo and printed on one side it's the emblem of their logo aa and then on the back there's phone number email looks like website yeah printed on the shell of a walnut you guys a walnut is what like like a couple of a inches shell of a good marketing tool a <laughs> shell of a good marketing tool i love that <laughs> You guys clearly have worked on your on your puns here with this stuff, and I love it. I love a good pun. Yeah, um, the, the problem is, is uh, I, I don't know if it's a problem. She gets a lot when she's having conversations. She can hand out her nuts a lot better here, than I can hand nut. out than I can hand out my nuts. It just uh, doesn't go as well when I ask someone to hold my nuts uh, when I hand out my business card. It, it, it's not effective. We can tell who our people are. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I have a question for you guys, and you kind of touched on this a little bit, but I'm interested to kind of dive into the subject. There are a myriad of companies that do that sell and, and make and, and are in the promotional 
space, right? Promotional product space. Um, how do you guys set yourself up differently? How do you go after new markets, new clients? What do you do that's standing out from some of the big guys? Because I'll tell you, interestingly, I was earlier this week, I was looking for um, some branded products for mixing business with pleasure. Uh, we want to have, you know, things around our desk and, you know, things. And, and I was looking and I was Googling and, you know, a million different websites come up, came up. And then I remembered, wait a minute, we're talking to these guys this week. So after the show, we're going to get in touch with you guys about that stuff. But on the show today, I want to know, in, in a sea where there's a million of these companies out there, I'm exaggerating, probably not a million, but a ton. What allows you guys to stand out? What do you do that's different? How do you sell yourselves in a crowded space? Start off by handing them our nuts. <laughs> okay. Done. Nuts. Nobody Done. else online can do that. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. just answered my question. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm just yeah. no but uh, on a more serious note, though, I mean, really, at the end of the day, people can go online and they can buy promotional products, and that's fine, and we applaud that. Um, and there's definitely a market for it. But when when we start talking with our clients, and Kim is fantastic about this, she's so creative. She asks so many detailed mm -hmm. questions about why promotional products. Like she really wants to understand what's the event, what's the purpose, what's the intent, how are you going to use them, what do you want them to say, how many colors, you know, what's the quantity, what do you expect, what are your expectations of what you want to get out of it, um, what kind of message or impression do you really want to leave with your customer. Um, you know, what's the goal of having a promotional product? And sometimes it really is. I just want a pen because we work with contractors. We work with a lot of them across the country. And they're just like, look, I just want a pen. That's all I want. You know, and, and she's like, well, there's a million pen options out there. Like, which pen do you want? What color do you want? And they're like, we don't care. Just give us a pen. And so we know that there's a there's an aspect to that. But uh, Kim does a phenomenal job really understanding the why behind it. And then she likes to have some, I don't know, you like to have some freedom to make some well, recommendations. Well, that's life in general. I yeah. ask why for everything. Why do I need to wear this? Why do I need to do that? Why do I need to go here? So I, and to me, there's no separation from business to that, to life. Why do I need to do this? Well, why do you want that? What's it, what's the end goal for it? And if you can answer that, then it helps me to find a deeper meaning. Like you just want this mug. Why do you want the green or the blue? Like, why do you want that? And most of the time people don't know. And I think I translate that into life. A lot of people don't know why they do what they do, where they go, why they say or believe what they believe. And if you don't know those basic questions, what's the difference in finding a pen? Why do you want this pen? You know, not that it's philosophical every time you order something from us, but I just translate my life every day into what I do in business. I have a quick, quick sidebar question. Have you guys heard of the Four Tendencies by, what's the name of the author, Mike? It's Gretchen Rubin. I Gretchen to, Rubin. I was about to go there too. Oh my God. No, I haven't, haven't heard of it. Okay, so quick sidebar, check it out. Gretchen Rubin, she's written, I don't know, a couple, six or seven books. Um, she, her latest venture is called The Four Tendencies. It's a book. It also comes with like a whole course experience. And there's a test, the quiz. The quiz is free. You can take it online. We've done this together and then with our, with our team. Um, and there, she boils it down to base. There's four personalities in life. Now, you know, there's a million of these out there. Uh, but what I really liked about 
her framework is uh, that, first of all, is very accurate. Second of all, she has one one um, pers persona so that let is- me, Let me give you the four, because I've got it open on my screen here. So it's, there's upholders, questioners, obligers, and rebels. Oh, yeah, And yeah. Kim, based on what you are describing- Questioner. Questioners. Because yeah. I'm a questioner as well. Then what, 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 you know me, what would I be then, Mike? We've had, we've had a lot of com communication. What am I? What were the four again? So there's, so let me, I'll, there's a one sentence explanation. So upholders are, they respond readily to outer and inner expectations. Questioners are question all expectations. They'll meet an expectation if they think it makes sense. Essentially, they make all expectations into inner expectations. So that's me and I'm, uh, Kim, I'm guessing that's you as well. Obligers meet outer expectations, but struggle to meet expectations they impose on themselves. That's me. Rebels I'm resist all expectations, outer and inner alike. Ryan, something tells me you might be a rebel. A rebel, huh? I was, I was thinking rebel and upholder, kind of like a mix okay. between the two. And I'm just meeting you for the first time. We haven't met before, but that's the vibe that I'm getting. What do you okay. think? Uh, you're an upholder. Uh, I'm gonna lean on what her you see for that is one. what you get. Like, yeah. okay, it's so, so funny to me. People like he has no game, like, he's just straight. This is who he is. You see at home, and what you see on quad meets, and everywhere else is the same. Well, Kim, he clearly had some game back in college. <laughs> I mean, he had some I game. Got, I got a questioner, True, I mean, I mean, you know, right. like, probably questioning every motive I had under the sun, but you know, hey, yeah, we're, we're there's here a lot now. of research involved. <laughs> So well, let's side I want to go back take, to the business real quick. Yeah, so, but take that take that quiz and then let us okay, know what you think. All right, all right, yeah. go ahead, Mike. So obviously, I mean, it sounds like a lot of the business you guys have done has been, you know, hey, you you hand them the walnut and they're like, oh, that's cool. Can't do that now. So what what are you? How are you guys getting customers these days since everything is online and virtual? Um, you know, Mike, that's a great question. And, you know, we rely on contractors and some of the associations that we're a part of right now locally. Uh, we, we are partnered with a large national window manufacturer and we work with their certified contractors across the country. And so um, working with those uh, businesses is, has been great for us during this time because they're essential, right? And they continue and they need stuff and they've got the cash flow and revenue to be able to do these products um, because most uh, everything is shut down. I mean, we do a lot of trade shows and exhibits for clients as well, and that just isn't happening. So now we've got to transition and pivot to trying to help people understand the importance of uh, going virtually and offering like care packages. Uh, so, you know, being able to put promotional items in a care package, it goes to somebody's house, they open it, and then when they have their webinar or whatever the case might be, um, they're able to then have their swag bag, uh, if you will. So that's we got to connect you guys. Actually, the the our first interview was a which is going to be going live soon. I just finished editing it. Is there a, another agency, a digital agency here locally in the Twin Cities, but they focus on uh, home improvement contractors, roofers, etc. Uh, so that's pretty much the only people they deal with. Uh, so they might be just a good intro for you guys to, you know, because I'm guessing sure. they're talking to and people who need what you do and vice versa. Well, yeah. and interestingly, so we just put out a blog post and I'm going to step away from my computer and grab something really quickly. We just put out a blog post about our client onboarding experience, and that includes a printed proof point marketing box with some goodies inside. We have some local Minnesota treats that 
why not? Because we love food. And then some fun stuff like our really cool um, bottle here. Yeah, and then and then one. Mike's, uh, the, the mug that he has. Um, and then a couple of other, you know, tchotchkes. And, um, and, and this couple, Tim, reached out to me and he's like, oh my God, where did you get your box? Where did you get everything? What did you do? Um, so he just reached out to me and said he's interested in putting together a similar type of experience for his customers. And I think this is a match made in heaven, Mike, really good one. This is what I love about mixing business with pleasure is that we can make these, these love connections, so to speak. So we're gonna put you guys in touch because Tim and Bia are looking for this. And I think your niche and, and the customers that you serve are exactly the customers that they serve. So that is brilliant. I See, Mike has some really good things to say. Um, so I love that, I love so that. I all right, so we can nerd out on boxes a little uh, later because we're. Yeah, but well, the other thing I just quickly want to add here, Mike, um, is the other thing that we're doing is something called quad meets. And um, really what uh, quad meets is to kind of help uh, everybody is it's four people that get together on a meeting. And it's really just kind of a networking opportunity where we talk about, you know, uh, people need to make money. People got to meet new people. It's not what we know, but who we know. And let's really learn about what other people do. And what I'm finding from these quad meets, you know, I've hosted about 130 of them over uh, the, the past two months. And, you know, we've gotten a tremendous amount of business out of it. And I'm not even asking people for business, but the just the sheer fact of meeting more people virtually who want to meet with other people, I think is a great way to, for anybody to get out there and um, really talk about their services and what they have to offer. Because there's a lot of people out there raising their hands saying, you know what, I do want to know about what you do as long as I can tell you what I do too, right? And we can see how we can go through this journey together. Yep, and, and I can attest Quadmates is uh, pretty fun and exciting because I've, I've I've been a participant and, a, and I've hosted a few now, so. It's four yeah. times better than Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> I love these jokes here, I love it. Um, <laughs> So tell us, tell us a little bit about, uh, I know you guys had one other venture uh, a while back uh, before you had anything and anything. Tell us about that. How did, uh, uh, tell us about that story, what, what you learned and. Uh, I want to read, I want to read what you guys wrote. Cause this is, there's some, there's some good things here. And, and then, and then kind of dovetailing off Mike's question. This is our second go around this meaning anything on anything. We tried it. Another time, we owned a carpet cleaning company for five years, and well, we learned a lot of what not to do, which we want to dig into what not to do. With us both in business, just feels right as we get to be around each other all the time. We enjoy one another's company and have fun and have a fun time around each other. So a lot of good things in there that we want to unpack. We want to learn about this cleaning business and why it was not there or what were the things that you learned that were not the right, that, that were the things not to do. And then I wanna also really dig into the pleasure side of your business, working together. How do you do it? Why? You know, how, We also have to talk about the, the journey of how you guys started to work together in the first place. So take us through this story, because I feel it's gonna be a good one. You, you go ahead. Well, the first time around, uh, we were young. First of all, we didn't know what we were doing in business. Uh, we we were in Colorado at the time and I was working in the corporate world. He was coaching and we decided just to start this business. So we literally quit our jobs, moved to Kansas city because that was the market that was available for this particular business. Uh, and then we found out we were pregnant. It was all like in like three weeks. 
it was nuts and it was hot summer and I was not feeling well. And we just basically started from scratch this business. We had a kind of a plan to follow, but not really. I mean, we basically started everything from on, scratch. On 2,500 $2, bucks. Yeah. We had no money. We, so, so you move across country to a place that you've never lived before. No, I'm from States. Kansas City. Oh, so you are. Okay. Me. Yeah, it was home for okay, her. It was right. new for me. Yeah, yeah, we were a year married too at married, the time. Yeah, we were just, so we were still. Yeah. Wow. A year married, yeah. moving across country, finding out you're pregnant, leaving your job. Not well, a starting term, a new business, starting a new business and not a lot of money coming in. Right. Is that fair to say? <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like no money. Okay. No so money. we're, we've just set the stage for our listeners. Go. Yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting because, uh, he, Ryan's just awesome in business. Like he's an entrepreneur. He's a business dreamer. And Squirrel. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> things, new fun things. And so he just dove in full force. And I was like trying to be a mom and trying to be married and like running all the details. Cause I'm the detail office person, like give me a task and I will just dig into it. So I was trying to run the back office. He was promoting and marketing and meeting and we're doing all the work too, by the way, we went door to door, like handing out flyers in the heat of the summer. And I'm like, go throw up on people's bushes. And it was, it was just a miserable start. Honestly, it was, um, but how long, several years into it. And then we had two kids and it was toddlers and babies and trying to do the answer the phones. And we worked from home and we bought all this equipment. And yeah, we, we had two, two dogs, a great, dogs. a great Dane and a German short hair pointer. And they yeah. got a little rallied up at times when we were on the phone. Yeah. And so it was, we just didn't know how to manage babies and children and business all at the same time. And being somewhat newly married. And, to a yeah, yeah, newly married. And it was just a lot in now we can look back and say, wow, we didn't know anything, but we did learn a lot of lessons about what not to do. So let me put it, let me put it to you this way. Like there were moments where I would get home from working <laughs> and she's waiting in the driveway. Yeah. The car is in reverse. And like I'm going into the garage. She's and I'm going, yeah. what happened? Yeah. I'll be back sometime. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Quick question. Were you, okay, let's talk about that. Cause I think that is, that's so, oh, there's so much in there that I want to talk about. You're coming home from work. You're on your way out. You've got two small children at home, two dogs, by the way, a huge dog. And then a tiny little dog. I don't know. You know, just the dichotomy of it is funny in my <laughs> head. Um, where were you going when you were, when you were leaving and you're like, peace, see ya. Anywhere. And Driving. you just, you just need Walmart. to get out of the house, right? Yep. That was, that was the point. Get out of the house. I need yep. my break. I need my space. Yep. It was go get something to eat, just drive and cry. Like it was literally just whatever. It, I wasn't in the same space. You know, I'm, I'm not a big phone person. I hate answering phones. He's doing call centers like corporate all the time. And I'm like, ah, even as a teenager, I hate talking on the phone. So he had this expectation and that's really what it comes down to is we have expectations about married life and business life and raising children and they just all collapsed into one and so we didn't know how to manage those expectations and we would project our expectations on each other and it was so false and it was so wrong but we didn't know we didn't know better I mean you only know what you know and you only know what you're taught and so we had to years later come to the realization that those expectations aren't fair to put on the other person and we had to change them and adapt to the other person's you know needs and desires really so definitely. So how, how long did you guys do that for? How long did that 
last. So we started that company in uh, 05 mm -hmm. and then we sold it in 2010. So it was about a 10 year stint that we Wait, owned. Five a, to 10 is only five. five what I say? <laughs> it, it was, it was so five, said, but it felt like 10. <laughs> uh, it was in 2010 that we sold the so company. Five years. Yeah, is when we Gosh, sold the company. Like we, we ended up franchising out and have we had a franchisee and it just got so much. We had someone come to the table and offer to buy the business and we were like, we're done. Yeah. I'm done with business. And uh, I, we, I actually transitioned into corporate America. Um, and then um, I'm going to fast forward here very quickly. But it was in 2016 where Kim saw this business model of printing on stuff. And she was like, I want to do this. And I'm like, uh, no. I'm not interested in owning a business anymore. No. I'm done. This is your deal. You run with it. I'll support you, but nope, I'm not me. Yeah. So why? Why, why like did I you feel to start that way? Well, you, well, okay, you wanted to start a business. Ryan, you're like, hells no, I'm not doing this yeah, again. Pretty much. What? I didn't want to start a business. Actually, I didn't, I didn't have the mentality of this is a business. I was like, this is really cool. I want to be able to do this, like the actual production of it. And I like, I've always been crafty, creative person, like sewing and all sort of crazy stuff. So I, that was what drew me into it. I never had the intention of being a business. I never had the intention of starting a business or being a business owner. That was never in my plan. There's a lot of things that are never in my plan, um, but they're part of our life now. So it's you know kind of funny how that works, but he really, once we looked into it and researched it, it turned into a business plan and we're like, Hey, this is a good plan B in case plan A falls out the window. And then when A fell out the window, we had to turn it into plan A. It was already established and growing for almost four years. I had been slowly building at grassroots, nothing like he was working full time. So, and I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not a business necessary savvy person. I shouldn't say that probably out loud. <laughs> My business, but we'll I don't know we'll edit that out. We won't tell you. <laughs> no, actually, actually, I do. I want to, I, I want to say one thing because I often feel that same way, Kim, because um, I didn't want to start a business either. And I often say that I'm an accidental entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, I didn't coin that term. I must've heard it somewhere, but it really resonated with me because I was like, I don't want to start a business. I just need money. I need to stay home. I need to take care of my kid and we need food on the table. So what do we do? What, how do we do this? Okay. We start a business. Great. Start a business. But my intention wasn't to start a business. That's at exactly least, it. At least not initially, like not that, not the first, it was maybe like, maybe like two, three months down the line. And I was like, okay, we're starting a business. This is a business. We're doing it. Yeah. Um, but yep. I want to know, I want to know from Ryan, why, um, why the hesitation? What was, what was going through your mind at that point? Yeah, I was just really turned off on uh, going through the the motion of starting a new business and all the work and legalities, the legalities. Like I mean, just taxes. I just started having like nightmares almost <laughs> of uh, everything that was involved. I was like, you know, I've got a good job. I'm leading sales teams. I'm happy where I'm at. Building a business, it's going well. I'm impacting people, um, and I was just like, I don't, I don't want to be distracted from it, you know. And I'll, I'll help you. I'll support you. I'll send you referrals. I'll, you know, when I come across people, I'll mention this is what you do. But I was like, I want to keep it very separated. You know, I mean, this is what you do. This is what I do. And I'll help you as you go. And so she was like, okay, yeah. let's do it. But it really turned into you coming home from work and like working late hours with me in the night in the basement. Yeah. Or, trying she'd, to produce stuff or she'd call me and she'd I got this question about da, 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 da. I'm like, 
All right, let me yeah. let me find time to talk to you here, and we can sort through your let your pencil you in. your emergency, <laughs> whatever it was, you know. Uh, but I think that was great growth for her um, to yeah. be able to go through and learn a lot of that stuff, and um, and I was always there helping and guiding along the way. And then in October is when um, we made it. We made our Plan B, our Plan A, and uh, uh, I love it. Felt I mean, right, natural, yeah, normal. Just wasn't it, a hesitation whatsoever. Yeah, people are like, "Oh my gosh, what are you going to do?" And I'm like, "What do you mean? This is what we're supposed to do. This doesn't feel wrong. This doesn't feel weird. Like, no hard feelings by corporate America, see ya." And it's been fine ever since. Yeah, and I, what's what's interesting, you probably hear this quite a bit on these interviews that you do, but. A lot of people are like, what is it working with your spouse? It's just got to be horrible. You got to be at your people. You got to be at each other's necks like all the time. Like that's the worst thing you could ever do. It destroyed my marriage. And, you know, like we hear that stuff all the time. I'm sure you guys probably do too. We hear when we tell people, at least initially, now I think it's, I think, and hopefully through this podcast, that's what we want to try to do is normalize this and, and find out these inspiring stories and give hope to others. But we used to hear things like, oh my God, I could never work with my husband. I could never work with my wife. I, I, we, I, I'd want to kill him. I'd, and believe me, we have our days. We definitely have our days. Yeah. Um, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. It's not, it's not, but it is, you know, Mike puts it really eloquently. What do you, what do you say, Mike, when? Um, Anytime somebody asks or says something like that, my answer really is like, well, you know, business partnerships are built on trust. And if you can't trust your spouse, you got a whole different set of issues. So. Well, you heard that a lot too. Because I also homeschooled this whole time for the last eight or nine years we've homeschooled. And people are like, I could never homeschool my kids. And I'm like, well, people, you know, I'm over for two. I'm homeschool, which people say they could never do. And I work with my spouse, which people say they could never do. So you got to make it work. If it's right for you, you make it work. And if it's not right for you, you find what works for you. But speaking of making it work, um, we, we have a shirt that we wear. We have a couple shirts that we wear. One, I wear a shirt that's, and everything's created by her. I, I have no input on what goes my apparel that I wear. But my shirt clearly says, all it says is stay in your lane. So it's very clear. I have a lane that I need to stay on <laughs> and in. Now her shirt says, I'm a six lane highway. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, yeah. I'll push it all there. Yeah. There's, there's an exit ramp once in a while. Yeah. And then probably my favorite shirt that we that we have, uh, her, sh- her shirt, she wears, just says boss. That's all it says is boss. And the shirt I get to wear, it says boss with benefits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I want to take, <laughs> I want to, uh, I want to take a quick step back to the, the previous business just to get some more, get some of the logistics. So you guys ran it for five years and was it a franchise when you bought into it or did you create well, the was, franchise? Uh, it was before it was a franchise, and uh, we entered in what was called a business lease agreement, uh, which means we leased the rights of the business, even though it wasn't technically a franchise. Um, and so we never became a franchise of them. And then it things kind of fell through, fell apart with that organization. And so that's when we, we branched started off, our own name uh, on our own name and company. Franchise ourselves. Right. So you start, you start, okay, you, you did that. And then when you sold it, was it a, I mean, did you come out of it with, with something like, did it give you a little bit of a runway to, to do your next thing? Or was it just, Oh my uh, God, get this off my plate. 
you know, yeah. honestly, it was get off the plate and uh, just just move on. I mean, it was enough to cover um, the the debts that we had occurred and uh, pay for some uh, some things that we needed to do around the house um, to kind of update it and you know prove our lifestyle and pay off our cars and stuff and that that was just fine for us, you know, uh, coming out that way. So and it's not like we sold it and went to buy a bunch of new businesses and like, it, it wasn't yeah. like some big, you know, I mean, it was, it was carpet cleaning. Yeah. How many people do you know walking down doors yeah. to buy a carpet cleaning business? You but know we, had, I mean? it, we had uh, some of the bad part of it. The experience was, um, like the employees, we went through lots of employees because it's rocket science is cleaning carpet. It's sturdy and you don't need to go to college to do that. And so it's harder to find people who are willing to work in that environment. Um, we had some really great employees and then we had some, you know, not so great. Like one time I got the sheriff at my door at two o'clock in the morning saying, we need to search your van. And I'm like, what? Like, you know, employee issues, that kind of thing. And I said, search it. <laughs> Who's in my van? You know, that, that sounds like a, like an SVU, like an episode of SVU. Yeah. Like hopefully it wasn't, but that's what it sounds like. He made me ride in the cage of his car to get to my van. And I was like, I'm not a criminal. Can I sit up? So front did they me? find anything? No, no he, they didn't, he didn't end up finding it, but we ended up, you know, the guy was a hot mess and, you know, we found out all that kind of stuff later has been going on and we're like, what? Like, we had no idea this is no. our employees doing this. What? You know, and just the whole legality of taxes and chemicals and just, there's a lot of things and every industry is different. So every business you run is not always going to have those kind of detail extremities, but for, the, for us, we learned we didn't like that side of it. So what's the, before, I want to I wanna take us forward after this, but what's the one thing that you learned from that that you took away that you've applied? Like you said, you learned a lot of things not to do. What's like, if you had to pick one, what's the main thing you learned from that experience? Um, I, I jokingly with that shirt on the stay in your lane uh, aspect is really um, what we've learned now is to, to really stay in our own lanes. And you know, I try very hard not to step over the boundaries of what Kim is, is excellent at and what she excels in. You know, if she asks me help, I, I support her and I give her my 10 cents for what it's worth. But at the end of the day, that's what she owns, you know. And then when it comes to the things that I do. Um, I don't she, want any part of sales and marketing. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't. Like, I don't like the stuff that he does. Yeah, she doesn't like it. And so I, I do what I need to do, but I do it in good conscience, you know, to make sure that it's properly aligned with with what uh, her goals and intentions are with the organization. Um, you know, and so that's one of the things I think we really learned is just staying in lanes. And then the other thing, too, is we intentionally like try to make time for ourselves uh, just to connect um, eat, outside of quote unquote business, even, you know, we try to go for about a three or a four mile walk every morning together outside before the kids are up and just things are going crazy. Couples therapy. <laughs> <laughs> she said it in quotes, couples therapy. So, you know, uh, it's one of those things that we just get out and we talk and sometimes we talk about business and we talk about anything on anything. We talk about quad meets, we talk about kids, we talk about school, we talk about the pandemic, we talk about how we're going to have to manage all this stuff. Right. Um, and that's really kind of our time uh, with one another. And, and it's just our opportunity to connect. And that's something we didn't do uh, when we had um, the prior business. We didn't make time for ourselves just to get out and to communicate with one another. Yeah, we eat all of our meals together. We have different offices and like we, we see our calendars and I schedule stuff and I let him know on my calendar, here's what I have to do with the kids or here's what I have for business. And he does the same. So we're open book as far as scheduling and communicating. Um, but again, he stays in his space and I stay in mine, even though we're in the same house, 
most of the time, you know, we, and even when we go to events and things, it's like, he talks to certain people and I saw him, we're across the room, you know, communicating without flirting. I say (laughs) flirting with each other, you know, that was funny when people didn't know we were married or together. And here we are like rubbing shoulders and wearing wedding rings. And people are like, who are these people? We're like, that's yeah, <laughs> they're really mixing business with yeah, pleasure over there <laughs> i'll have what she's having <laughs> so you, you talked about uh i got a bunch of ways we can take this but you, you mentioned homeschooling uh you said you did, you've done that for eight years of the kids in school now or are you still doing that no so this was the first year we picked a whole pandemic year to send them to public school yeah, so they like my. Son, I, don't, I don't mean to laugh. It's, it's, no, know, it's, it's, it's there's tears also, <laughs> tears and laughter. Um, but yeah, no. So my son went to kindergarten in a public school, and then the plan was I'm gonna they're gonna send him to the private school that I went to. Everybody loved it. I loved it. Why not? Uh, we decided to send him there, and then that summer, Ryan was like, uh, "Did you ever think about homeschooling?" We had talked to some families who homeschooled, and I was like, "No, weird. Not doing it. Not for me. Not my plan." I have a degree in education, but that so, was so why not why homeschooling, Ryan? What what was the what was the thought process? Why why not school? Why not public or whatever? Yeah, you know, just there was just something unsettling with me in terms of like what was going on and what was being taught, and you know, I, I didn't feel like our kids were going to get the same level of um, education or attention that um, I thought that Kim could do. I had trust in her with her education background and what she knew, I thought she could do a better job. And I thought it would be interesting for us to be more involved in their learning to understand who they are, because I just saw so many families um, where it's like they send their kids off to school. Not that it's a bad thing. I'm not knocking it by any means, but I just felt like for us. we, for us, we had an opportunity to actually get to know our kids better and their learning and try to set a good foundation in them to not maybe expose them to some of the other things that were floating out. And around there and then at the appropriate time, you know, send them to to public school. So that that was really kind of the thought process. But it really didn't. It wasn't that simple because he said, do you want to think about it? I said, no, I went to school growing up. And so I my only experience with homeschoolers was like once a month, they would come to our school or the gym. And like and again, this sounds so judgmental, but that's where it's the truth is that, you know, they have really long hair and long skirts and like very, very conservative and. I just didn't know. I was uneducated about the process. And so my only perspective, and I'm like, no, they all stay in their house all the time. They only read the Bible all day long. And I'm not going to do that. Like, that's just weird. And so like that summer, he's like, can you just pray about it? And I'm like, no, (laughs) no. no." And he's like, really, you can't even pray about it. I'm like, my God, if you want me to do this, change my heart. Amen. And that was it. And I was like, "Uh, that's it. And that was like in May or June. And by August, I had ordered the whole curriculum. And I was like, all right, we'll try this. And she was on a one-year contract. I said, I'm on a one-year contract <laughs> and I ordered all this box stuff and got in and I started laminating and putting, you know, alphabets on the wall and got a little school desk and made school at home, which is not necessary. And then I sent it all back and I panicked. I said, I'm going to screw up my kids forever and I can't do this and I'm not qualified and I don't know what I'm doing. And, you know, he brought me back off the ledge. He's like, let's just try it and see what happened. And so like nine years later, here we are. And every year I was on a one-year contract and, but you know, I wouldn't trade it. Like there were tears and there were days where I'm like, Hey, the bus is going, chase it quickly. Go like find it. Like, Oh my gosh, I can't do one more second. Many times in the driveway, like I can't do one more spelling lesson. I'm going to freak out. Um, but you know, I got to see every single moment of my kids' education. They, I to read, I taught them the alphabet. 
I taught them how to put A and B together and say, ah, you know, and like every little thing I got to see when they learned two plus two and how they watched American history on a video or whatever. Like we did murals and taped them to the wall of our whole basement. Like we went through so many experiences. I wouldn't trade a minute of it. Like there were minutes. I mean, maybe I shouldn't say any minute because there were minutes where, oh my gosh. But for the most part, I wouldn't trade the experience, but it's not for everyone. And I can't, in the meantime, you're running a business for a, a big chunk of that business right? and yeah. he's working and yeah, it was a lot, but everybody has a different calling in their life. So I wouldn't, I don't ever judge. And I didn't want to be like these people in public school or, you know, there's people who say, oh, there's homeschoolers. Like everybody I'm learning, the older I get, the more people have their own calling and you should stick with what you're supposed to do. And if it's not working, find something. Let's new. go with that because you, you said calling. Gabby and I talk about just even last night we were uh, talking about like our why, like why are we doing what we are doing? So what for the two of you? What what is that calling? What's your why? For business or pleasure? For <laughs> both, really. Why? Because you know, you you mentioned like it's not for everybody the homeschooling, but uh, just in general, like what. It, what is the reason that you're doing everything you're doing? The business, the homeschooling, everything. I think it changes. Uh, for me, it changes often. Like, you know, at the time when the kids were little, it was because I wanted to be with them and see them learning. Um, now my calling for school is to see them interact in a different environment. I think it's good for them to interact with other people in different perspectives that I can't necessarily give. Is it really scary to send them out right now? Yeah, a little bit. But Ultimately, it goes back to my long-term purpose is something that God has planned for me that's been my lifelong process. And we always have things in our life that happen for a reason. And I keep looking to what, uh, what's the end goal? What's the purpose? And if I get caught up in all this stuff right here, I won't look for the purpose. And I won't see the calling outside of what I think it is right now. If you and just- that's, that's the faith. That's the faith that we for talked sure. about right in the beginning. For sure. Yeah, but I, but I would add to that. It's really, you know, really at the end of the day, if you were to tie all of that into business, because I believe everything is interconnected, right? Because it's what we do. It's where we spend our hours and what you do at work and, and who you are at home, you know, it should be the same. It shouldn't be different. Um, and really, I think for both of us, what it comes down to is we just want to, we just want to love on people at the end yeah. of the day. And um, we want, you know, I feel the love. I got to say, I'm feeling <laughs> it. And this is yeah, awesome. Yeah, we just we just want to love on people, you know, and we don't want to judge or we don't want, you know, yeah, everybody's got different situations and circumstances. But you know, so what, you know, we're all human beings, right? And if we can help you in your journey with business and create a different experience, great. If we can help you through introductions, like through quad meets and meeting to help you get to a journey or a place that you're looking for. Great. If if you need marriage counseling, because we've done a fair share of that, uh, it just kind of happens. Great. You know what I mean? Like we just we just love people for who they are. Um, everybody's got challenges and difficulties. We've been through those challenges and difficulties. We still do. We're not perfect. Right. But, you know, we think the older we get, it's more about how can we help one another along this wonderful journey we're all in called life. I am curious. Your children are now teenagers, right? They're 14 and 12. 14 and 12. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you have a, a son and a daughter, right? Mm -hmm. Your kids are now old enough to sort of reflect and, and know and have, you know, a, a, deep un, a deeper understanding of their childhood, their experiences, their life, you know, what's going on now. Have they ever voluntarily told you their feelings on being homeschooled? Like what 
what what have what I'm curious like from their perspective what do they think about it what what have the what what are their feelings on it well we make them say what we want them to say in public (laughs) good thing they're not on the call (laughs) (laughs) no they're actually uh it's funny we just had this conversation last night we literally had this conversation with them last night because in our state they're talking about the reopening plans for school and they're very excited because this is going to be their first year going to public school um they're very social beings we were not the homeschool who sits down in the basement and never went outside like we literally got done in a couple hours and then we were out all day parks playgrounds like our kids have been to everything in this city almost I mean there's nothing that we really haven't done or restaurant we haven't been to or you know it's just we we did life experience not just academics they're very excited to go and have friends and like go to the cafeteria and have sports and like a locker and all these things that are not going to happen now because of COVID but um so I think it depends on the day literally if you ask them if they were having a bad day I hate homeschooling. I want to go to school. But if you, if you really, I think if you really sit down and talk with them, they would say, you know, we really had a lot of freedom. Like we got done with school and we weren't sitting in a classroom all day. We weren't mandated to do all these little things now that they're choosing. Like we said, do you guys, these are your options. You can homeschool again. And they were like, well, what are there other options? You know, we, we want to go to school. Like, yeah. I don't think it's because it was so bad here. I think they're just that social inter- interaction that they really enjoy that's what they're looking forward to is making friends and having, and they have tons of friends now because it's not like, you know, they did co-ops and enrichment programs and things where they got to go classroom settings and other things that we can't replicate. You can't replicate recess at home. You can't, you get to take a lunch and they're very excited about having a backpack and taking a lunch for fourth grade. But um, I think they, they're realizing that there's value in seeing other people's in different perspectives. I don't think they really know what it's going to be like sitting in a classroom for six or seven hours a day. I think they're going to be like, Oh my gosh, this is a lot. And now we have to come home and do homework because they don't know what homework is because they, you would just teach a lesson and do it. Right. Right. Well, and there's, there's also this, you know, the, the, the peer to peer social interaction that you just can't replicate that at home, you know I mean? And it's different with when it's siblings, versus other people whom they have to learn to negotiate and navigate conversations and and sort of, you know, navigate social cues and and pick up on things that, you know, between us between a brother and sister, um th- those barriers are are not there, you know, they don't have to you don't have to navigate as much of those social and nonverbal things, but with peers with people whom you don't know and whom you've never met and who you're you kind of kind of have to figure that out and that's a big thing that um that I think is is you know our daughter just a quick side note our daughter has been um she has some medical needs and so she was home for um the first couple of years of her life she's only five so you know she's still at home quite a bit Um, for the first four years she's home for the first four years and she really didn't get a ton of you know um playtime with with interaction with kids her age now with adults she's phenomenal she's got a fantastic vocabulary she knows how to negotiate she's i mean she's ready to do business because she hears us talk business all the time she listens to podcasts and she's like oh mama that was so interesting i learned so much you know she's only five years old but for her for us we've definitely noticed that she struggles when it comes to the peer-to-peer interaction with kids her own age. And so that's something that, you know, I was just curious about that your kids are obviously older. Um, they know how to 
ask for things. They can wipe their own butts. You know, our daughter still has, we still have to wipe her butt. But um, I was just curious about that. And that's, that's a really phenomenal perspective. I, I, I commend you and respect you and certainly you don't need it, but, but kudos to you for not only jumping into a business, having kids right away, moving cross country, all this stuff. And then also on top of that saying, you know what, we want to homeschool our kids. And that is also the beauty, I think, of being an entrepreneur and owning your own business is that you can take those moments with your kids, whatever they look like, however that may be, whether it's a few days off a week or half days or whatever, um, to spend time with our kids because it is, it, our daughter's going to be five next month. And, and I feel like, where the hell did this time go? Um, and and at the same time, we spend an inordinate amount of time with her. Sometimes I'm like, get out of the house. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. dropping you off at grandma's house because I need yes. a break. Um, but at the same time, I look I, at the end of the day, I, 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 I talk to Mike and I'm like, oh man, Lana did this and she did. And she said that. And did you see that? And we're able to really absorb those beautiful moments. And I'm, I'm certain that those are also the beautiful moments that you guys reflect on and think about. And now, now your kids are teenagers, so you have to deal with teenage angst and and the top back talk and probably some attitude and who knows Sorry, what else. Sorry, coming for you. <laughs> right? but, but it was all. I used to just say I could sleep with the teacher and get their grades up. I can't say that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I talk to myself and I'm having parent-teacher conferences. So I'm like, ah. <laughs> oh my goodness. You guys are like the perfect guests for now, for a show called Mixing Business with Pleasure. Yeah, seriously. Um, so let, let, I'm going to rein us in just because a couple of things I do want to touch on, um, which is two things related, I guess, both to business and children. Um your kids are older now. They've they've seen you go through you know the struggles of owning the business and doing all this stuff. Um, what lessons do you think, or have you or or have you noticed that you've passed on to them through those experiences? Like what what have what have the kids gained by seeing mom and dad run a business and then sell the business and then start another business? Like how do, how how what has that taught them? Good question. I think they were younger in the other business, so they probably don't remember much about it, other than we have pictures of them with the cleaning equipment and like daddy working and stuff like that. Um, we have pictures of them down in the office doing stuff. Um, they have been much more interactive with this one because they were older um, and they get to see, like, we have our daughter and they're totally different personalities. So our daughter will be downstairs helping us print the nuts. And if she's down there helping us bag and redo some of the product for customers, and our son is like, man, I don't care. Let me help you with a video, mom. I'll help you edit your videos that you guys do. So they or, see, hey, can you make me a hat? Or can you I make me a hat? My YouTube, I, wanna... I want my YouTube channel on my <laughs> shirt because all of my 32 subscribers need yeah. to see that I got stuff going on. So can you brand on it? Brian, he's probably on TikTok. Forget YouTube. YouTube is right. for the oldies like he's us. On he's TikTok. on TikTok, yeah. right? No, exactly. she's on TikTok. She's on TikTok. He's, he's on YouTube. He's on, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's a YouTuber guy. Yeah. So, All right. Uh, so it's kind of an interesting though because like they're like, oh, dad's on a call again, or oh, we can't go play with our friends because mom has to have a meeting. So they see that kind of side of it, and I feel like we're constantly telling them and pounding them. We're doing this for you, like. We have to make money so you can go to your little skating parties and to the things that you want to do and have food to eat. And do you know how blessed you are to have both parents at home to have every meal together? Like kids who wish they had parents who could do that or 
we can stop what we're doing and take you to the park with your friends. Or we can, you know, just do on our phone what while other parents are at work, you know, we can do a lot more things with you. So I think they see the benefit of that. I think we try to remind it to all and tie it back to like, hey, the reason we can do this is because we're doing this, you know, so that way we're trying to draw this correlation that when we have these meetings or we're working on this stuff, it's so that we can do these other things to hopefully give them a deeper appreciation of, you know, they see you know, where the money's coming in to be able to support instead of me going to corporate America and then I come back home and they have no idea what I'm doing, right? But we also get to say, like, we can break down things and say, like, look, this is what the customer ordered. Here's how they pay for it. Here's how we get paid. And you can show them the business, literal business side of things. And they can see the day-to-day activities as opposed to just my mom goes to work and she's, and I don't know what she does. She, you know, she just works somewhere. They literally get to see product come in they're like oh the fedex guy's here again there's eight thousand boxes on our front porch <laughs> literally you're like mom your boxes are here hey, corbin go bring yeah. uh go bring the boxes in do i get game time <laughs> wait so i have a this is employment issue <laughs> quick question do you guys physically print everything out of your home or or just some things or do you have a facility okay it's yes tell, and tell no. Us a little, tell us a little bit about the, the inner workings of the business. And then Mike has some burning questions regarding sports. I want to talk about more on the pleasure side, and then we'll probably wrap it up, even though I'd love to continue talking to you guys for another like two hours. But let's, <laughs> uh, let's dive in just really quickly. Tell us about and tell our listeners about, you know, how do you get how, first of all, how do you freaking print on a walnut? But then tell us also, also, how do you actually print the things that you are making, you know, and where does that happen? So we actually do, it, it is a hit or miss. It depends on quantity. If you order 5,000 pens, I'm probably not going to do it. I'm going to have the supplier do it. Uh, it depends on multiple things. We, we can do pad print, screen print, vinyl, embroidery. Uh, so you said vinyl. I did everything. Yeah. He, so he, we can do all of the things that we offer, uh, sort of laser engraving, uh, in house. Um, sometimes we choose to do it. Sometimes we don't. Again, it depends on quantity, how much time we have. Like right now, he's super busy with all these meetings, so he's not able to do as much production. Um, if so when you say in house, do you have like all the production we have the equipment? equipment? Like in so your I used yeah, to have or? a basement that had all my man tools in it. <laughs> And now it's, it's a shop. Now it's a printing shop, and I have a corner where all my mantles are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go downstairs, and people are like, "Oh, you have a you work from home?" We're like, "Yes, but we have a whole lower level is a shop," and they're like, "Oh, now you're legit because you, you explain it like that, they think you're legitimate." You know, it's oh, you work from home, but yeah, but I do everything that you can need from here. I can do it. They're like, "Oh, okay." So it's funny how people need to be, you know. They need to feel that you're legitimate sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, do you want to see the equipment? We can show you. Like, <laughs> yeah, I have pictures of my kids, you know, pad pressing all these walnuts. So yes. Um, yeah. But so we we do we do some in house. We do outsource some, and then we do work directly with manufacturers. It just there's just a lot depends. of things. That's what she figures out is what's the best use of our time yeah. uh, for that, and what what makes the most sense. Like I would print this because I don't have a large format printer. That would be something you just get directly from this. But I, you know, I did this and I did this. So it just depends on what it is and what they want and what they're asking for. So you have learned probably a crap ton of knowledge about 
how to print and what to print and the substrates and the, the, and the blah, 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 all this stuff. Right. I mean, you're like an expert in these things and you can tell, and, and probably you can like pick up a fabric and know, Oh, okay. This is this type of, this is this type of printing. This is this, this is embroidered. Oh, he should have done screen printing on that. Not whatever he, he transfer, whatever. All day long. All day, all day long. <laughs> Everywhere we go. We're like, Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. All right, Mike, you're up next because I want to dive into some things too. Yeah. So uh, you guys are both obviously heavy into sports. Ryan, you coached. Kim, you played at a fairly high level. How is that? Do you feel like that helped you in your entrepreneurial journey in terms of, oh, yeah. um, okay, well, you already said yes, so let's just jump in. How? What? What? Did, what is it that sports kind of taught you that you were able to carry over both to that and honestly to raising your children? Oh, for sure. Team sports uh, undoubtedly has been a major impact in my life. Um, you can't be on a team and be selfish. Like I know that sounds stupid and you have selfish players, but you have to show up on time. You have to do the work. You have to do off season work. You have to give it when you don't want to give it. And that's what teams, team sports do. And I, we tell our son all the time, cause he's like my size is huge. And he's 14 and he's six one, two hundred pounds. Oh, he's two hundred pounds. I shouldn't say he's my size. <laughs> he's six one. He's as tall he's as, as you. He's as tall as me. Yeah. Okay, you both look very tall. So you're six one, Kim Ryan. How yeah. tall are you? I'm six three. Yeah. Six, wow. Okay. So next to you guys. Our 14 year old and our 14 year old six one. Yeah. And so. he's like him, but he's tall. And so yeah, it's and so I'm like, man, if all the, if he goes to school, all these coaches are gonna like and he's like, Yeah, I just want to play video sports minded. And I'm like, but you need to understand when you walk into a building and you know, instantly two or three people, because they're on the team with you, it shatters your, um, whatever scared and not know anybody. Like I remember specifically walking into any building on campus and be like, Hey Kim, or, or fans who come to the game would be like, Hey, there's Kim, you know, or whatever it changes. I know that sounds silly, but no, it's awesome. It's your first request for an autograph. You're big time. Like, you know, (laughs) little four-year-old girls like, can I sign my name? You know, like it makes you feel big, but there's something that you can't replicate in this. I tell everybody, I will always be an advocate of sports, PE, recess, any kind of activity gets people moving is fine. But team sports to me are um, essential to develop for kids. And not everybody can be an athlete. I get it, but they should be something team. You can be on a chess team. You can be on a computer team, whatever. Some sort of team activity is necessary, I think, because it teaches you how to rely on others and give expectations for others and hold yourself accountable to things that you can't, you can't teach others. Which, which is everything that you need in running a business, in a business. you know, all those things. And a yeah. Just transpire right over to owning a business. And when I was coaching basketball um, at the collegiate level, you know, you're, you're learning about player development, right. And in part of businesses, you have to develop people. You have to care for them. You've got to coach them up. Um, and so athletics definitely provided a very strong foundation when it comes to being able to run and operate a business. You have to know what the other person's going to do. You have to understand why is your teammate doing what they're doing. Like I have to understand why is a customer doing what they're doing? How is me being a coach um, to this player, the same as me being a coach to my employee or to my customer and saying why you should do what you do. You don't know what you need or want, but I'm going to tell you because that's my expertise. Absolutely. And I think, you know, to kind of just dovetail on what you you both are saying. Um, now, I, I, I'm going to admit I am not. 
I don't have a, you know, a very, I'm, I'm not a professional athlete. Let's put it that way. I played um, JV soccer in high school. I loved soccer. I was on the swim team. Um, you know, so I've always loved sports. I've always loved being part of that experience. I was not the best player. I, I'll tell you that I can, I can unequivocally say that, but I know for a fact, I was the player with the most heart because I came on, I showed up, I did the drills. I helped my teammates. I collected the soccer balls at the end of the, the, you know, the practice, the scrimmage, whatever. Um, I was always the first one on the field and the last one to leave. And, and I didn't get much playing time because I just wasn't that good. I probably wasn't that good because I didn't practice enough outside of the, 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 you know, the, the team get togethers, the team practices. Um, and to your point, Kim, not everybody has that innate ability. Not everyone has that. It take, I think it's both, I think it's both skill and practice, but also talent and sort of this love and desire for the game and the sport. Um, but I will say that, and, and echoing what you guys have said, um, team sports and any sort of team activity really helps to ground you in respect, um, in kind of also a little bit in, in deference and kind of knowing like, okay, this is the coach this is the head honcho, this is the alpha, this is the, you know, I need to give this person my respect. Um, and, 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 and I think that it's, it's often very clear to me when I, when we're interacting with people and employees or, you know, hiring and so on and so forth, we know, we can kind of tell people that have been in those types of environments before that have, that whether it was through music, like they were in a band, for example, or orchestra or sports, um, because there's, there's a, there's a certain level of, composure in the way that they sort of carry themselves and how they act and their work people. ethic and their work yeah, ethic work for, ethic, sure, yeah. for sure yeah. for sure for yeah. sure um, on that though i want to say that like i'm not the wealthiest business owner i'm not the most successful business owner but i have a lot of heart i show up every day and i do the work so that makes me successful in my realm as a business owner so you don't have to be the biggest best athlete but you're on the team and you're contributing and I don't have to be the best biggest make the most money as a business owner but I'm contributing because I show up and I do the work care about my teammates, whether that's a customer or an employee or whatever. So there it, it's transitions from athletics to life. All right. So I want to transition really quickly towards disconnecting. And I know that's a tough one right now because we're kind of, you know, getting through this pandemic and we're all stuck at home and blah, blah, blah. And, but you guys have spent and you spend a lot of time together, you know, with homeschooling, um, the businesses that you've both ran and, and are running, um, working from home, doing a lot of your actual physical business things at home. Um, how do you disconnect? What do you do that's just Ryan time or that's just Kim time? Yeah, so, I mean, really, um, at the end of the day, sometimes we'll separate ourselves. Uh, she'll go to one part of the room. I'll go to the other part of the room. And, of the house. Of the house. Not the same room. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> whole house is a room, right? You know, we lock ourselves in the bedroom, and I got this corner, and you have the rest of the room, kind of like our bed, right? You know, the guy always has just this little sliver. Have you ever seen that? You know what I'm talking about, Mike. The guy's got this much room to this. Uh, you know what I mean? So, anyways, no, I'm kidding. Um, so, we we uh, we do try to disconnect. and. Um, you know, Kim's got her hobbies and interests and videos and inspiration that she kind of, you know, retreats off to. And I do the same for myself. Um, I, I, one of my other escapes, uh, if you will, is I help coach my daughter's basketball team. Um, and so that's a, that's a couple of uh, nights a week 
Um, and so it's good for me to just spend some time with her and, you know, we got to drive like 30 minutes to her practice there and back and then do a 90 minute practice. And so that's a way for me to disconnect or we'll, you know, but we'll even just spend time together to disconnect and we'll have people come over. And, um, so we Sometimes try to we just sit and be quiet. Like, I think that's a true test of a relationship. If you can sit together and not talk or feel the pressure to talk or not, like you can just sit and be comfortable together. We do that a lot. Like we'll sit outside on the deck and he'll be reading something. I'll be reading something, but we're together but we're not interacting. I don't think we were always that way. Like mm-hmm. we always felt the need to have a conversation or discuss something. And like, we can drive in the car. Like we love road trips because we just talk and talk and talk. The kids put their videos on and we're just like, we talk the whole time hours. And then sometimes we'll sit there for a couple hours and not talk too. So it's like, we're just processing whatever we just talked about. So we, we have learned to just, we can be together and not be together but we can also be together and be together. Like that sounds really weird, but, I, but, but to kind of just manage it. Yeah. But to kind of close that up is, you know, we, we respect each uh, person's individual passions. And sometimes I don't get really excited about the things that excites her. Um, and, you know, I just let it be, you know, I, it doesn't crawl under my skin. I'm like, you know, she needs her time. I need my time. I'm going to go do my thing. She's going to go do her thing. And, and we respect that. And, and we, we've have, have now come to the place that we understand we need to have that time, uh, what that looks like. And we don't, we don't get angry or upset with the other person. We just have learned to respect, you know, we just, we it's just need that time. Yeah. yeah. Cause we know that that leads to a much healthier relationship in our marriage. I love that. I love that. Thank you guys for sharing. Um, Mike, you're going to say something. I was just going to start wrapping up. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We, you you guys have, I mean, you guys have shared a lot of, I think, great tips and everything, but we always like to end, uh, one of the things we like to end with is what's the one thing you would recommend to a couple that are either already in business together or are thinking of starting a business together? My advice for everybody in every realm of their life, whether it's business, personal marriage, anything is find out who you are. Um, who are you meant to be? Because who I was 20 years ago is not the same as who I am now. And I'm grateful for that. I've learned a lot of lessons. Um, but don't try to be somebody you're not. Don't try to be somebody that everybody else tells you you should be. Oh, you're a homeschool mom. Oh, you're a business owner. Oh, you're an athlete. People put titles on me all day long. And that's not who I am. That's not who I am fundamentally. Those are things I do. Um, but that's not who I am. That's not where my purpose is in life. So I think people need to really find out who they are as a person, um, who their creator is and why they are the way they are, what they do. Why do you do the things you do? Um, If you can't answer that about yourself, there's no way you can answer it for anybody else. I've spent the last 40 years. um, Wait, I'm only 25. (laughs) Never mind. The last 40 years plus for shipping and handling. Um, But really, I've just, and I think that was a huge change for us like that's if you really want to know what didn't work the first time what working now is we have learned who we are as people um, as individuals and as a couple and we have strategically changed things that we say and do based on who we know we are to be and so we don't want to go back to the things that we were before the people that we were before the things we said or did before we want to move forward um, with a new perspective and so I that's my advice to everybody is find out who you are and if you don't know there's a lot of soul searching that needs to happen I would add to that, you know, your, your guys' show is called, is called Mixing Business with Pleasure, right? And 
really at the end of the day, I have a lot more pleasure being around my wife um, than I have ever before, you know, and we just enjoy being around one another. We enjoy each other's company. We enjoy the humor. Um, I've learned to, to not be as um, picky or stringent in letting her express who she is, you know, like, so for example, um, she'd been uh, hassling me a little bit about haircut and saying she wanted to cut my hair. And I was no, no, no. And then finally, I was like, you know what, let's go ahead and do it. Just do it. She's like, what, really? You're gonna have me cut your hair. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's get Kimley the scissors and just let's just start slicing away, you know. And we did. And they did. And so I'm like, less picky about the clothes that I'm wearing or the messages, you know, that used to be a really big deal. And it's like, you know, in the grand scheme of things, like that stuff is just nothing. If my if my wife is telling me what she enjoys to do, and if it involves me, then shame on me for building up a wall and saying no, right? Amen, brother. I love it. I love that mess. And Mike needed to hear that. You have no idea how badly he needed to hear that message. So thank you. Check is all in the mail. Here. The yeah. check is in the mail. Thank you. But it but it's a two-way street, right? Yeah. And so there's there's things that Kim has had to do and you know, we just really enjoy being around one another. And it wasn't, it was not that way before. Like it wasn't. And that translated into business and kids and everywhere else. We had, we had a rough go in our marriage and business and, you know, we were at each other's throats and just, it was just unhealthy. But, you know, we talk about that stuff now and people are like, wait, what What are you talking about? Like, there's no way that was you guys. We're like, yeah. Yeah. That was us, you know, yeah. and so we've just learned to find pleasure in one another and being around each other and, and not really sweating the small stuff. It sounds cliche, but it's true. It's true. I mean, well, I, especially when you guys are working on your nuts together, that's probably a real bonding experience. She, she gets to hold my nuts and pass them out. So, no, I'm kidding. Not the pass out part. You know, so we we like to joke she, there's 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 she busts your nuts all the time right i mean there, we can just keep going we can, we can just do a whole keep, show on me. i know right yeah. i actually have a shirt that says ask me about my nuts and people like i love it because i walk to the store and they're like are you we don't know we can't ask because you have <laughs> like, these nuts or these nuts? we don't know are you selling nuts? Are you like know, the right? nut vendor or what? Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. I love people's reaction. I'm like people watcher, and I'm like, well, one, they saw my shirt, and one now person, they don't know what to do. Yeah, one person was like, so do you guys like sell nuts? You and like, nut- how, do you have a nuttery? Like, you know, so you just yeah. got to have fun with it, right? I love it. Um, <laughs> all right. We have two more additional questions, but like I said, I think we would absolutely love to talk to you guys for another two hours if we could. Um, what is the next big project that you guys are working on together, either for, for pleasure or for business? What kind of big right now is quad meets for him? Yeah. The, the big thing we're working right now is quad meets, um, which is just catching fire right now. And it's really all about just intentionally networking with people. Right. And, uh, it's just so cool to hear the success stories and, how it's changing people's lives, uh, the business that's coming from it, how introverts are, are brushing up and improving their skill sets of communication, um, how people like one guy uh, sent me a note because of a connection I sent him. Not only he didn't get a job offer through Quad Meets, but someone I connected uh, him with Quad Meets, he got a bump in his salary 
um, in terms of the job offer, you know, and I think that's great. You know, he would have never had got that, had gotten that extra money, had that uh, connection not happened. And so um, that's really the next big thing we're trying to work on together is, is trying to build quad meets, which is a brand of anything on anything. It's not taking away or replacing or anything like that. It's just, it's another squirrel for me, uh, if you yeah. will. So um, I think a, a big thing for us too is that we are not tied to anything. Like that makes you sound like we're not. Um, what's the word? I don't know. Um, committed, but we are. But if the Lord says done, move on tomorrow, we're gone. Like we have no qualms about if this is what we're not supposed to do anymore, we will stop and move on. If if our house is gone tomorrow, okay, that means He has something else for us. Like we don't live tied to things of this world necessarily. If he says this business is done, okay, fine. If you need to go back to school, okay, fine. Like we just try to live in such a way that we are trying to be obedient to our calling and whatever we're supposed to do. And if that means up and start a new, like we did 10 years, 15 years ago now, then that's what we do. Like we don't, like we're not like, okay, this is what we're doing forever from now on. This is what we're doing now because this is what we're hearing us to do. But it doesn't mean in five more years, you know, we won't be. And I don't want people to think that that's not loyalty or commitment because we are completely committed to in the moment what we're doing. Um, but we're also willing to just drop and move if we need to. For and to and I think I think that you guys throughout this conversation, you have really um, there's been a thread of your faith and your 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 relationship to God, your you know, your religion, your your relationship with each other that that has been so just beautifully tied throughout this conversation this thread of of your beliefs and i think that um that that that's another element of life that plays into work and love and children and all of that and for for everybody it's different you know nobody's going to have the same same exact belief even within the same religion you know you have you have christianity that there's just so many different um you know uh practice it denomin thank you that was the word i was looking for denominations within christianity and 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 yet you know it's it's different for everybody even within those denominations um but i i just love that you guys are so open about talking about that that it's such a prominent thing in your life that it's not something you shy away from but you embrace and i think that that plays into really well as well as the entrepreneurial mindset because um you just said something, Kim, that really struck a chord. And it's that, you know, sometimes we get, we get so wrapped up in whatever it is that we're doing, our business, our, this entrepreneurial pursuit, this company, this whatever. And sometimes we have to learn to say, you know what, I got a cup eight, this isn't working. And for some people that that comes in the form of, you know, okay, I'm looking at my ledgers, my balances, my P&L, the numbers, and that's not good. And so I got to pivot or do something else. But I also love that you incorporate your beliefs in your faith system to help you understand, is what I'm doing my purpose in life? Is it giving me joy? Is it giving me pleasure? Is it bringing me closer to my family, closer to God, closer to my personal goals, and so I love that you've shared that with us. I love, and I know that there's probably a lot of other listeners out there that are going to really resonate with that. It truly is a foundation of all we do. And we say that all the time, we're not religious people. We're relational people. We want to have relationships with God, family, friends. Um, but that's our purpose is to build relationships because that's what outlasts anything. Outlasts every business you could ever have is a relationship with someone at some point. 
So I'm glad you picked up on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I get, I, you know, a few times. Uh, all right. Um, one last question. And so this is something that you're going to ask, you're going to answer of each other. So Ryan, you'll answer this about Kim and Kim, you'll answer this about Ryan. What is the one thing or quality that each of you bring to your business or, you know, your life, your family, your everything that you couldn't do without? Um, I'm going to say, uh, for her is dedication. And so that would be the, that would be the one word she, she has been so dedicated, uh, not only to me and my quirkiness and my downfalls and my challenges and, uh, everything else that makes me up, but she's been very dedicated to our family and her faith, uh, her, her family, her business, her friends, um, and just everybody that she's around, she's very selfless and she's always thinking about uh, other people. Sorry, that was her alarm going off of her <laughs> daughter. Uh, see, dedication to our family, right? <laughs> yeah. Very on point on stuff. So it was perfectly timed. Um, <laughs> but she, she is just so dedicated to everybody that she's around. And um, without her level of dedication, uh, in other words, might be commitment. Um, I, I wouldn't be who I am today or where I am today without her by my side. Yeah, you know, I would say for Ryan, uh, it's connection. His biggest um, gifting really is to connect people. Um, And he makes an effort, a concerted effort to connect for us um, with customers, with employees. He's always been the person who says, how can I help you? What can I do? And he means it. He'll get up at two in the morning when the guys call and say, hey, come pick me up or whatever. Um, Or, you know, how can I spend time with my daughter? Or how can I do this? He's such a connector of people because he truly has a passion for helping people. Like that's his goal. Like that's why he was a coach. That's why he's a business connector on quad meets. Like he just loves to bring people together. And even if he can't offer something, he finds someone else who can offer for them. Um, He's completely connected me with lots of other people and lots of other things. And he works on our connection too. Like I'm not naturally one to like go out and talk to a bunch of people. Or be on a podcast. Or be on a (laughs) podcast. <laughs> ever um but he draws me in because i trust him and i you know he makes me and he makes people feel com- comfortable in their connections so i love that about him let's you know it's, oh we, we can connect later uh, if you want. <laughs> mixing business <laughs> and beautiful segue thank you both so much for taking this time with us. I have, we've both enjoyed this conversation so much. I know our listeners out there are going to love it. They're going to crack up um, and they're going to get so many beautiful and wonderful life and business and love lessons and sports analogies. We've got something for everyone in this episode. We've got nuts. <laughs> we've got sports. We've got sports. And we got a couple of nut, nut freaks over here. <laughs> Um, thank you guys so much, really, for being part of um, our little passion project, Mixing Business with Pleasure. Well, be- before that, let's. Uh, where can people find you? We've missed one very important thing. Ryan, uh, go, go, throw out some URLs and, and, and whatnot so people can look you up. Yeah, so our, our website, believe it or not, is really hard to remember. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, so just think of this. Can you print anything on anything? The answer is yes. That's our website, anythingononything.com. So if you go to www.anythingononything.com, you can find us very easily with all of our contact information, phone numbers, emails, and you can even search through a million products if you want to, to find the perfect gift idea or uh, swag item as a giveaway, apparel, hat, 
you name it. Uh, there's any way we can try to find to print your logo on something. We're gonna we're gonna try to find a way to do it at anythingonanything.com. Lovely. And then other and folks can also connect with you on LinkedIn regarding yes. quad meets, right? Uh, or just LinkedIn in general. Uh, just uh, Ryan Christopher. Just do a search for that on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me. I'm pushing eighteen thousand connections right now. And uh, don't you don't need to brag about that, Ryan. <laughs> I'm not bragging. You don't I'm need just, to brag. <laughs> just throwing it out there. I mean, you know. You know, some of us don't have that. Those eighteen thousand connections. I might have eighteen. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm that connector, right? So you would yeah. you would anticipate that. But really, with Quad Meets, my passion project right now is really trying to help people connect on a on a, a more meaningful way that will power people's business uh, through quad meets and that's quadmeets.com q-u-a-d meets m-e-e-t-s.com so quadmeets.com uh, is a way you can get plugged in to meet people from all over the world yeah. and it's four times better than zoom right <laughs> <laughs> yeah awesome awesome all right guys thank <laughs> you so really much fun thank you so much we've thanks for really having enjoyed us we've it. enjoyed it well that was a fascinating conversation we love talking to couplepreneurs who have built successful businesses. And one of the keys to a successful business is effective marketing. Luckily, Gabby and I run a B2B digital marketing agency called Proofpoint Marketing. Our team specializes in driving profitable revenue for technology and manufacturing companies by diving deep into customer insights. We really strive to understand the customer. We build out the ideal customer profile and personas. And using that, we create highly targeted demand generation and performance marketing campaigns. We are offering a free consultation for our listeners. This isn't just a sales call, and it isn't us simply giving you a canned automated audit report. We are going to do our due diligence prior to the call. The plan is to talk about real marketing issues your organization is facing and discuss potential solutions. Head on over to proofpoint.marketing and get in touch. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Mixing Business with Pleasure. We hope you'll join us next week as we feature another pair of co-founders who are also lovers and are proving that business and pleasure really do mix well together. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.